Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're wrapping up a big week of talking about injury rehabilitation with our resident physio, Phil White. And today we're talking about why rest isn't best and motion is lotion. This is a really amazing concept and it will change your training. Morning everybody, welcome to the stream. If this is your first show joining us, my name is Yanni. Across the road from across the road from me, across the table from me, I got my brother Rad Bormeister. We do live pretty much across the road from each other. To my left, <laughs> that's right. To my left, I've got our resident physiotherapist, Phil White from ADPT Physio. One of them, that's right. And behind the mixer, behind the uh, camera, we have the voice of God, Richard Lellies, the sexiest man on the planet. Uh, we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. We take driven people and turn them into athletes. And we do that by cultivating a performance mindset. We do that by teaching people to understand pain science. We do that by understanding the difference between macro and micro loading and load management principles and how to avoid creating an injury identity for yourself. We are going to bring this series in for a landing today by talking about one of the most important aspects of injury rehabilitation, which is that motion is lotion. And we don't actually often recommend rest, and I'm going to let Phil explain why that is. There are, of course, certain circumstances where we would say rest is best, but uh, it's usually very rare. And, uh, and we'll, we'll teach you why. We're also going to teach you a lot about uh, you know um, when uh, uh, pain is useful for you and when it's not. Uh, we're going to teach you a little bit about the healing processes on a biological and physiological uh, sense. We're going to talk about how to turn the pain signal down uh, using certain types of exercise methods. And we're also going to really dive deep into the psychological effect of uh, having an injury. But first of all, I want to ask you the question of the day. What have you learned this week? What key insight or takeaway have you learned or gained from this week's series on injury rehab? Throw it in the comments and uh, let us know that you're listening. And also smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. It does help our channel a lot. It helps get these uh, videos out in front of more people so we can educate and have a positive impact on the world. And give us a five-star review if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, Phil and Richard put a lot of effort into that podcast. Show them how much you care. Yeah, Richie has taken that one over on you, Rich. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, for anyone who has listened, like, obviously this week is kind of you know, my special week on the, the podcast series. And um, yeah, I really try and, and, you know, refine sort of these concepts and teach them in a way that is understandable. But I, I would just love some uh, feedback. So do send an email through to phil at adpt.physio. So no.com.physio. Um, and yeah, tell me what you think because I am always, and tell me what you'd like to learn or what you got out of it and or things that you think I should find a better analogy for or something like that. Because I am trying to make this as like useful as possible. Um, and yeah, hopefully save you some pain and save you some money of seeing um, health practitioners and getting nowhere. So yeah, absolutely. And just know this that uh, <clears throat> we have a uh, we're, we're writing a book, and any feedback you give us may end up going into the book. So ooh, you could book be etched shame. in. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You could be etched in uh, in history there. Now, quick announcement before we get started, and before I get Rad to uh, tell us how he's going today. Next week, we're moving the podcast to 11.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is going to be somewhat uh, in the 7.30 p.m. <coughs> New York time and uh, 4.30 p.m. LA time. LA time, which is uh, going to be um, a very different time for a lot of you around the world. 
So just be aware of that. If you are used to tuning in live, it's going to be a lunch and learn here in Australia, and it's going to be an evening and learn over in the States and uh, middle of the night, I think 1 a.m. or something in the UK. Um, So uh, enjoy. Ah, I've looked at the analytics from where people listen to on the podcast, and it is truly all around the world. So this, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly right. Exciting to see all the other countries. We don't just, you know, think about it. Unfortunately, London, it will be... 12.30 p.m. 12.30 p.m. A.m. Yeah. 12.30 a.m. A.m. Okay. Yeah. After yep. being done out, you want a few nuggets Jump of knowledge? Jump on and learn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <that's right>. yeah. <laughs> or if you're on the late shift. Over a kebab. That's you know, right. Absolutely. Or if you're on the late shift. Yeah. All right, let's get stuck in, eh? Yeah, let's get stuck in. So first and foremost, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the healing processes and why. Uh, no, no, let's start on um, when pain is useful. Because yeah. we did talk about this. And a lot of this today, guys, we were having in this discussion offline is going to be a little bit of a recap of uh, of stuff we've spoken about this week, but that's okay. Uh, and I should know, I should, I, I was actually going to throw this over to Rad to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, uh, this show is sponsored by today's flash sale launch, which is all of our rehab programs. Now, we sell our rehab programs as a standalone product for most people who don't do our online coaching. Sometimes we do plug them into our coaching program and our model, but most of the time they're best used for people who aren't doing our program. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as well, because it's quite important that you guys understand. Or if uh, your injury is in the very early stages of recovery for a very bad injury, because these are, this is the exact, like the, the knee rehab program and the shoulder rehab program were pretty much created after I used them to rehabilitate my knee and my shoulder. And then you and I sat down and with Phil's advice said, let's turn this into a program that somebody else can use. So yep. it is for people that are in that program as well, but it's that's when your injury is, you know, at a, at a very early stage and something that needs very specific training to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you if you go like that, the, the forearm and elbow um, ten, um, program is for what we all use to overcome yeah. golfers and tennis yeah. elbow. Exactly. The uh, anterior pel- uh, pelvic tip tilt program is, tit, tit, yeah, tit program is, is, is tit the program. program you use to um, help improve your posture yeah. and the lower back and hip program is what we've all used to overcome lower back pain and they're and all they've <laughs> all been created because we've used them and then we've deployed them on our tribe and they worked amazingly well too so anyway today's show is sponsored by the rehab programs they're going to go live in an email from me in a sec and rad's going to punch it up onto the ums movement mastermind facebook group again we've been so fortunate to have the online program sponsor our show. Yes. The guys over there running that are just so <laughs> generous and we're really grateful to have a connection with them. That's right. That's right. And uh, and guys, if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on uh, YouTube, it really is best that you access these over from the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group or our email list. You need to subscribe. Otherwise, you miss out on this because when we put the link up, uh, you may end up watching or listening to the show after the sale is finished and it just doesn't doesn't mean much for you so we will put it up in the description but yeah if you if you get there too late sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's only 72 hours all right phil let's 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 well, i think the first place to start is is why emotion is lotion like we're not just saying that because it sounds cute and it rhymes like it's not just this sort of little handy catchphrase that means nothing what it is is like you know I, i'm constantly talking about how important words are for our like context and understanding of the world and i think that so much of medical like the westernized medicine is basically like relying on things like lotions like relying on things like medications and and having these external factors that are you know we put on ourselves or we ingest or we have you know things done to ourselves 
to get better. And what we're really trying to flip the script here with with motion is lotion. I, you know, we didn't come up with it. It's a, a thing that's you know, um, is, is said all by other people as well. But like motion is lotion is basically saying like, no, you don't need all these other things. You don't need someone to um, you know give you some funky pill or um, you know stick needles in you or whatever. Like the thing that the body needs the most is movement and correct loading. Yeah. So that's I think really important <clears throat> to get out of the way first. Is that it's like I it's all about under your own brain understanding about how this shit works. I've heard a really interesting analogy that's a, that's a funny way to look at it, but um, you know, when you move, when your muscles move, when your body moves, it stimulates obviously blood flow and blood circulation. And um, that in itself is a part of the healing process. But if you, if you got your arm and put it in a plaster cast and, and completely immobilized it, um, so it couldn't move at all, the arm atrophies, that's the first stages. And whether or not this is true, because I'm sure there hasn't been many clinical studies on this, but people, I've heard people say that if you leave that for long enough, it'll uh, necrify, which means it'll die and need to be amputated. And it's an interesting thought, you know, if a, if a, if a limb, you know, just atrophied eventually until it got to a point where the circulation wasn't great enough that it just died. So it's a funny way to look at the Yeah, extreme. I guess that's like less about circulation probably and more about like neurological like stimulus. Well, yeah, all yeah, of but, it. I mean, the whole yeah, lot, you know. So, but, yeah. Look, I watched it firsthand. Anyone who's had a really severe injury and has had to have surgical intervention, you're mobilized for the first week, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it is catastrophic how quickly your muscle disappears. It wastes away. Like, within five days, there was a visual difference. Like, the, the atrophy in my quadriceps was ridiculous. Ridiculous. My and, foot was and in a cast got, for six weeks, and when it came yeah. out, my calf was the size of my forearm on one side. I was so scared. I was so yeah. afraid that it was never going to come back. Yeah, I, and, and I was warned. I was warned by Tony Bataji, friends of mine who, who know a lot about this, the surgeons. Uh, just, you know, you've got to, because it's very painful when you first come out post-operation mm. and your brain is screaming at you. And we'll get to this why when pain is useful and when it's not, uh, you know, it's very, very uncomfortable, but they're like, you have to do these exercises. Otherwise, it is going to waste away. It's, and the, the start of the exercise is literally sitting on the floor and trying to contract the muscle and you can't. Mm -hmm. Like they've taken a knife to it and it's your body's just going, Ugh, and it's really hard. It just feels like jelly and you're mm -hmm. trying to contract it. And that's the first step. And then you start to get up and load it. But, um, you know, it's just really interesting because your brain is saying, no, don't do it. It hurts. And you and your surgeon and your doctors are saying, you've got to do it, you know, and within five days, there's just no muscle there. It's, it's just insane. So let, let, why, why don't we why don't we talk about why when pain is useful and when it's not off the back of it? Yeah. That. So for, if you haven't listened to uh, Monday's episode about um, pain science, I definitely would recommend uh, going back and, and checking that one out. Um, oh, we have another a little visitor in our podcast. Hello, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> My son just came through to uh, plug his iPad in to uh, get it charged. We yeah. could have waited outside with that, buddy. That's, that's, that's okay. all right. Um, so basically, if you haven't listened to Monday, definitely would recommend. But uh, the big things to sort of think about is pain is very, very useful in an acute setting where <laughs> you have, um, you know, a, a something me mechanical or something, you know, uh, traumatic sort of happening that... Uh, you get an obvious injury and you have like an obvious mechanism of injury, I think is the key thing to think about there. It's like, there's a reason why like something has happened and that acute pain is very useful to basically, it's your brain's perceived threat and it's telling you like, oh, if we keep loading this, then that's that could be problematic. So um, basically that's a really useful time for, um, for, for pain, but then we think about tissue healing times and for muscle tendons, 
bones, ligaments, cartilage, they all have sli- and nerves, they all have slightly different healing times. And basically, you can look that up. We won't bother going into all that now. But it, you know, once that time has sort of elapsed and you've been getting back to your normal activity, if you still have lingering pain there, then that's when pain is generally going to be less useful. And that's where we sort of think with chronic and persistent pain, often it's an oversensitization issue um, rather than like a, it's no longer telling you about tissue damage. So if you want to know more about sensitization, definitely again, go back to Monday and um, now, listen to that. Now I want to jump in and just make a very important point that we haven't really discussed a lot during this series, which is like we talk a lot and we, we, we almost even joke a lot about how our biggest goal is for you to never have to see a physio uh, and get educated. And, and, and I even wrote about that yesterday in the, in the email. But understanding when pain is useful and when it's not useful is one part in the journey where I really think it is important that you get a little bit of help so with that. So I was going to get to that. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah go, you, you go, you go. So uh, basically, yeah, the next kind of thing I was going to talk about was um, with with tendinopathy, where you basically, if you know you have a tendinopathy, um, which we've talked about at length on other episodes as well, um, that it's important times there to train through that pain um, at a certain level and then using sort of 24-hour pain as feedback time. But uh, hopefully you can kind of see that like a lot of this sort of stuff around tissue healing times, uh, specific diagnosis, like if you don't know, then that can be quite baffling. So I just do really encourage people, like if you are feeling pain, like especially if you're sort of feeling like, you know, intense pain that you don't understand why it's there or where it came from. If you're feeling pain that wakes you up at night, like it is really important to get diagnosis. And do remember that this is not a physio consultation listening to a podcast. Like you do need to um, get that sussed out. But then hopefully, you know, you have enough knowledge then with your um, health practitioner that you see that you can ask the right questions and sort of, you know, kind of get a bit of a feeling if they're trying to either pull you down the rabbit hole of endless treatments or if they have your best interest in heart and they're, um, you know, guiding they pacing your way out of a, an injury and back into into movement. So, yeah. like we're Rad and I and Richard are very very lucky that uh, that we have a circle of influence around us. People like Phil, people like Nilesh, like Tom Cartwright down the road, like Tony Bataji. All of these people play a role. Aaron McKenzie even. Uh, uh, Rad's working with Roy Gold at the moment. You know these people have a big influence on us, and we can bounce questions off them and things like that. And we got to accept that the broader community don't have such an amazing circle of influence that they can rely on to help guide us. So, you know, I do urge you guys um, to to build a circle of influence. And of course, we are probably a big part of that. And I know I get get, uh, emails daily from people saying, you have no idea the effect you guys are having around the world. And that's fantastic. Um, But, you know, there are many occasions where uh, we would do the wrong thing Probably if we didn't have someone say, hey, I'd probably do it like this. A perfect example is, you know, me going off on a run uh, six months ago when I just wasn't really ready for it and couldn't walk for a week afterwards because my knee blew up. You know, Uh, we make mistakes all the time and and, and we're lucky and fortunate that we've got great people around us to to sort of help us. Look, all of the people that you just listed have been a huge factor, but you have to pay the biggest amount of credit to Phil because honestly, without like over the last however long it's been since you've been at the gym now full time what i've gotten from just being able to have conversations that you would normally have to go and have a consultation for has been invaluable because before that at best maybe i would have seen tom once a week or phil once a week and so that's that's 
been such a pivotal part in us as personal trainers, coaches getting to the level where we are now with our ability to talk. I mean, you have to remember the shows that we were doing a year ago, often the shows, the majority of the show was us asking questions, but getting coached by Phil on how to do this stuff and how to deal with injuries. And we've obviously gotten to a point now where we're having better conversations about that now. But yeah, so it is, um, it, it's been invaluable. It's been, it's been an amazing thing. So if you're listening to the show, now you're benefiting from, from that, from having Phil here, but also from us being able to ask those better questions and have those better conversations. So I think that's, uh, I think that's just can't be understated, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And all, and all and, you guys And it out is there. that, like, that asking better questions is what I'm, I'm really hoping that you guys get away. Like, I don't, I'm, you guys aren't, like, I don't want people to th- think that suddenly they have all the knowledge of physio and they don't need professional advice and they know better than, than a professional, but being able to ask good questions gives you power in that relationship that is often a like less than ideal power dynamic for but, the patient. Because so. it also helps you to figure out if the person that you're going to put your trust and faith in is somebody that's worth you dishing out your hard earned on you know like you can go and you can ask those good questions and like you and I have been able to do that with doctors with GPs for for a decade now you know and and it's probably because of Tony Bataji that we've been able to ask those better questions you know where you go to a GP and they give you some advice and you ask them a few questions and and there's certain things answers that you'll get from people that just bring up the red flags where you and I will walk out of a doctor's consult and go that guy is an idiot yeah. his his advice is 20 years old well, not and, so much you know, an idiot but they just well, people specialize on, on totally different things they yeah. have different interests and you know I had a um, patient come in the other day who had um, headaches and dizziness related to calisthenics and like headaches and dizziness is a very specific field of physiotherapy that some people devote their whole career to and that's not something that I've done sort of you know extra training in or not something that I've had a, like a a deep dive in I'm sort of you know more in the musculoskeletal sort of realm so like I was very happy to refer out to another physio who's that's their specialty so it's all about you know when you see a health practitioner it's you know if they don't know much about your specific condition it may not be that they're a terrible person and they're a terrible practitioner it's just mm-hmm. everyone does have their own special sort of niches yeah. and and yeah, exactly like and so. a lot of the time they're they're just it, the system is I, I think set up uh, to fail because they're just overworked they're churning people through and they're yep. very much uh, they don't they don't really have the time it's very rare that you get a doctor who's able to sit down and really analyze what's going on for you and explain it properly they just don't have the energy all the time or the scope yep. to which do is that. sad because we can even bring <coughs> this back into the topic of, of the of the day because it's sad because it's maybe not even that the system's failing people it's maybe that the system is so overworked in a way where it it doesn't need to be if people could learn this concept of motion is lotion and understand that that so much of the healing process comes from actually the doing rather than the just going seeking you know it's Mm. interesting you say that because we actually have one of the best systems in the world and it was announced this morning that sydney australia it was was voted the second healthiest city in the world by capita and and the way they judge that is by the amount of people who exercise and the amount of disease injuries and illness is is uh reported you know and we lost to one european city i I, i'm not sure what uh, which city it was uh, I can't uh, remember, but recount. But yeah, 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 that's right. Recount. But you know <laughs> what? What? What came out of that for me was that the majority of people in Sydney exercise, yeah. and they exercise daily. 
Well, maybe not the. Do you reckon the? Do you reckon the majority or just the highest number there's, in the world? There's a lot of people. Well, the, the majority. Maybe, maybe no, I don't think majority. Probably, probably not the majority. majority. Probably yeah. not the majority, but, but the highest number yeah, per capita yeah. in the world. In yeah. the world, you know, in the there's city. definitely a culture here for uh, yeah you know, around it. Big time. Yeah. We value not exercise in gyms. You know, yeah, yeah, they 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 didn't interview yeah. one person in a gym. It was yeah. people outdoors yeah. training. You know, and stuff like that. And and so and I do that every morning. I go for a run, and I and I run often around to Mrs. McCoy's chair, which is. In, in part of the city beautiful you go past a bunch of parks and there's always people doing little workouts sit-ups on the ground you know burpees things like that just getting a sweat on i had a know. conversation with a dude setting up his gymnastics rings for his calisthenics workout down under the harbour bridge a couple of weeks ago yeah and right. i asked him where he was learning and what he do, does and he basically follows daniel he follows fitness yeah awesome yeah, awesome yeah cool. look it's great it's culture but look th this is the thing motion is lotion and the reason why sydney won that is because of the, the amount of people who are out there getting it done excellent exercising, moving every day. And, you know, if we can bring this into sort of um, be really useful for the listener, uh, you know, the, the psychological effect of getting an injury is, is quite um, serious. It's quite severe. And it happens to me all the time. I get, I get injured. And the first thing I want to do is just throw my arms up in the air and, and take my, um, my bat and ball and go home and sit at home and wallow in my sorrow because now my pattern is interrupted. It's a massive pattern interrupt and injury, you know, and you've got momentum and you've, you're making progress and then boom, something happens and you have to change it. You know, you have to change what you were doing because you can no longer do the program you were doing exactly the same or whatever else. And most people at that point like make huge changes uh, uh, which is not always necessary you know often it's just a matter of scaling back the intensity of the workout to suit the damaged tissue so that you can continue moving forward continue that motion and uh and and um you know it, it usually turns out to work, work itself out over time but you know um, and this is why we don't often re recommend people that are doing our program stop doing our program if they have an injury and start doing one of our rehab programs often nine times out of ten the foundation foundations program will fix all of the issues because it's just keeping the whole body moving and it's also this this um a really important pain signal and metabolic state concept that we were talking about offline which i really want to finish on going deep yeah. into which is the concept of just the nature of exercising is having a, a really really positive impact on your brain which has a tendency to turn so the signal both, down. Yeah, so both your metabolic state and your signal. And just before we do jump into that, um, again, because I'm a word nerd, um, basically with motion, like I don't want people to think like, you know, that just like just motion is going to make things better. So just if you have sitting an elbow, in the car, as long as you're <laughs> yeah. sitting in the car but and you're moving, yeah, you've well, got like, or you know, the shake the, rate's not going to get you the, there. People. And I don't want people to think that, like, because motion is often kind of like, you know, people might think like spinal waves is good motion, and I love spinal waves, and I think it's a really useful tool for spinal pain. But I don't want people to think that motion is like necessarily unloaded. Yeah. So we're, when we're talking about motion here, it is about a more of a catch-all term for like exercise basically yeah um and so yeah i think it's really key to understand that point of what um what yanni was saying there how we you know we're not telling we basically never people to tell people to like hey stay away from the gym for a couple of weeks. Well, we, ne we never do that unless they're in, in surgery or something um so what we do is just you know regress uh certain aspects of the training and maybe even progress others so if you have an knee injury like hey time to double down your bench press like yeah. that's that we're trying to keep people in that exercise habit because it has such effect, um, positive effects on the rest of your sort of pain experience and your metabolic sort of experience. So just on the regressions, I think that Unity, like the program that we have here is just so wonderful because, it, you know, it is based around fundamental movement patterns. And for every, you know, 
like for every like squat uh if you're having trouble with like a high bar astrograph squat, then there's ways that you can, you know, change certain parameters around that that people can continue squatting. So you might be looking at um, limiting a bit of range, but you can still keep your intensity high. Whereas for other injuries, you maybe can, um, it's more of an intensity issue. So maybe take a bit of weight off the bar, but you can still keep the range. So there's all these little parameters that you can change. And that's why working with someone who really um, can understand what those parameters that need changing are. But the great thing there is you can still turn up to the gym on a Tuesday and squat. So that's, um, has a really positive effect on then that sort of metabolic signaling and also brain signaling that um, we talked about on Monday with the pain signs. So basically, and and it's and I think you know we uh, instead of recapping kind of what I talked about on Monday, like I would recommend you just go back to Monday and probably listen to that. But what I think is really key here is that like there's kind of a lot of research into uh, exercise versus other interventions, so like manual therapy, uh, taping, surgery, injections, and whatever, and often like the effect size of physio intervention so even you know doing exercise is like kind of frustratingly small like you kind of want to feel like hey you've just gone uh you've got someone from like 10 out of 10 pain to zero out of 10 pain and often it's more of like a you know you get someone from a seven down to about a five or, or something like that in a certain amount of time like in the research that is and that often matches up with other interventions because usually time is the biggest factor <laughs> for a lot of injuries but the kind of point i want to make here is that if you if one group of people did exercise for you know six weeks intensely or like you know just modified their exercise kept doing it for another six weeks whereas you had um you know another group who's maybe going in getting like adjust spinal adjustments for six weeks then the person who's done exercise or and another group has gone and got you know had rest and medications for that six weeks and the group that's had like rest and medications have probably put on a bit of weight and are in a poor metabolic state, have stopped doing all the things they loved. The person who's getting, um, you know, uh, spinal adjustments has just spent about 160 bucks a week um, and, you know, probably stopped what they were doing. Whereas the person who's done exercise has got fitter, stronger, they've stayed in their community, they've engaged in, um, you know, things that have a positive, like known to have a positive mental effect, which will then feed back into a positive pain experience. Um, and yeah, they can be progressing in goals in other parts of their body. So if you look at the research and saying like, oh, exercise is not necessarily like that much better than anything else, but think about all the side effects of exercise plus the positive effects, then like it's a no brainer. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Look, it, we've built a pretty solid case here to understand that when you hurt yourself, you should not stop exercising. You know, I think that I, I hope that we've beat that drum uh, hard enough. And, you know, we've talked this week about how uh, how pain is a is a is a symptom of the brain. And there is um, uh, you can um, uh not a symptom of the brain, an experience of the brain. An experience of the brain, sorry. Uh, and you yeah. can influence that um, that pain signal. And, and really the best way to do it is through exercise, you know, through re reiterating to your brain that it is okay, your body is okay, and... and, and uh, and unless there's some really serious uh, injury there, like a bone fracture or something like that, where it really needs to set and and, uh, and heal for a while, where motion is not <laughs> certainly going to be lotion for that in, yeah. in that case, the, the, the best thing you can possibly do is keep your body exercising, keep your body training. You yeah. know, uh, a, a great, great example of this is a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I was doing an exercise and I triggered a really quite severe spasm in my back. Uh, and it was something that st stuck with me all weekend. It was a Friday. 
Uh, I, I was deadlifting and I just, I don't know, it wasn't during the deadlift that I did it. It was during something else that the spasm happened. It was really ridiculous. Like I was picking something up or I was doing something funny. I was cleaning up or something. I can't remember exactly, but it caused quite a debilitating spasm in my back that was very uncomfortable all weekend. And, you know, in the old me 10 years ago would have gone to see a, a physio or a doctor and freaked out and taken muscle relaxants and all this sort of stuff. But with my education now, you know what I did? I came in on Monday and I deadlifted it out. And this is really like true. There's a true story. I, of, of course, regressed and I only deadlifted the, on the day that I was doing it. I was deadlifting about um, uh, 180 kilos. That's what we were doing the supersets program. And I just overcooked it. And, um, uh, and then I came back and I worked up to 140 kilos, really focused on form and technique. And within the second set of my 140 kilos, the spasm went away and completely and never came back. And it was what I was doing there was I was just confirming to my brain that this is okay. My back is okay. I'm strong. I'm robust. Uh, I may have done something that just it, it wasn't happy with on the day or overcooked it a little bit. Um, and that's an example. Now, I can do that because of my experience level. And yeah. I know... And also, you know, we have the... the benefit of like when Yanni hurt himself and we can just like chat about it a bit, cover sort of some red flags sort of things for spinal pain and then just move on and you can, you know, get on with your training. So like I, I use deadlifts as one of the main sort of rehab strategies for back pain, but you know, just for medical advice for anyone who out, who's out there who, you know, starts experiencing back pain, don't, don't <laughs> necessarily just see this as a <laughs> yeah <laughs> but even still if you think about how different that is from what the punter that comes into the gym with a back injury most like so many people come in like what we spoke about yesterday and say i hurt my back doing deadlifts i can't do deadlifts and here's a physio saying deadlifts are like my go-to exercise for for back uh, rehabilitation so it is a really interesting thing to take away from this show about this idea of motion is lotion it's you know, um, you, you, like, I mean, before we were having these conversations all the time, Yanni and I were still in the mentality of, ah, oh, injured myself, need to just take a week or two off training and rest and recover. Yeah. And we completely don't do that anymore. Yanni just told you a story of how I've got plenty of stories of how I've, um, you know, retrained my habits around that as well. And man, does it work. But you do need you need the, the guidance correct of strategy. A you need the right strategy, yeah. or or our rehab programs. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Slip it in there. Uh, look, guys, we're going to bring this in for a landing because we've got to prepare for our UMS online coaching weekly group coaching call. This uh, is the last time you're going to hear this show at this time of day next week, eleven thirty a.m. Sydney Australia time. Yep. Check it out, and you ca- uh, wherever you are in the world to listen. And if you can't catch it live, of course you can watch the replay in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group or listen to the replay on Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcast or watch it on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next week we start phase three of our podcast series, our, our, um, our, uh, the, our, our t- topics. Uh, oh, God, I got lost there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about how to become a better athlete uh, in week one. Week two is how to design better programs. And week three is to become strong, flexible and athletic. And we're going to go really deep into just revealing exactly why our program is so successful. So it's going to be an exciting month. The rest of February, buckle up, strap yourself in, whatever you need to do to get ready. And we're going to be going live at 11.30 Australian Eastern Standard yeah. Time. And just one last quick reminder for anyone who um, you know, has caught this week. I, I do really mean it when I say I, I like I'd love feedback about what you found helpful, what you were still confused by. Please just send me an email at phil at 
adbt.physio. That's .physio, not .com. Um, and yeah, give me some give me some thoughts if you want to anonymize it, make a burner email or whatever. Like you know, lay in. <laughs> I do really want to just you know hone this uh, communication around this sort of stuff because it, it is so important. So awesome, guys. Thanks, Have guys. Have a fantastic See you day. Week. See you next week. See ya. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.